start with the Cavaliers. So we've got. Yeah, let's start with the Cavaliers. The worst. K Love. Yep, the worst team in the NBA last year. They're gonna Ooh, be. Oh, really? Were they worse than the? Did they win less games than the Warriors? That's that's fair. They didn't they didn't win less games than the Warriors, but it, like just subjectively, in my opinion, right. they're a worse yep. team. Um, they're gonna be the worst team again this year. You and, think and so? In all, all likelihood, they're not gonna make the playoffs. Um, it's okay. just kind of time for a new start in Cleveland. They've got the new mm-hmm. coach, JB Bickerstaff. They're capped out in what I kind of see as a bit of a silly trade. They basically traded their cap space to Detroit and, Andre. Got, yeah, and got Andre Drummond one, one year of Andre Drummond in return. He's got a player option this year, 28 million. I think he's going to pick that up. Um, so they're capped out this year. They will have the full MLE to work with. So that's going to be worth about somewhere between nine and $10 million. So that nine to $10 million MLE and the number five overall pick mm-hmm. is going to be the key to, are going to be the two um, tools that the Cavaliers have to improve their roster, uh, which was a roster that for two consecutive years has been the worst defensive team in the NBA. They also led the league in turnovers last year. What's they, their, how many points do they give up a game? You know that off the top of your head? No, but I know their defensive rating, which is points allowed per 100 possessions. I'm pretty sure that was like 117 or 118, which is historically bad. Holy crap. So how, what's the average amount of possessions a team gets in a game? Usually around seven, 70. Okay. Um, what would you say? How many points they gave up per 100 or something? Uh, I'm going to have to look that up. I actually don't know what the answer to your first question was. I think it's like 80 or something, but... They give they gave up like 117 points for 100 possessions. That's a lot. Yeah. Holy moly, that's yeah. crazy. They seem Matt. How old? They seem. I mean, I don't want to like. I feel like they have a few old guys on their team. I mean, Caleb's not that old, but Matthew Delavadova. Or have they just been around for a long time? Yeah, both. Yeah, they they've got a they've got an interesting mix of aging mm-hmm. um role players and young guys who haven't quite turned into nba players yet so they they picked up jordan bell yep got it and then they've got obviously colin sexton i really liked him out of alabama he was cool yeah and he is probably maybe aside from kevin porter jr he um colin sexton is a guy who at least has some sort of intrigue as a young prospect mm-hmm Zizic, why does he sound familiar? Uh, he's in his third year, I think, third or fourth year. This is the last year of, or no, his contract just expired. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know why he sounds familiar. He was like kind of a highly touted guy coming out of Europe, but he hasn't really panned out in the NBA. Dang. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I, I forgot Larry Nance was there. Larry Nance actually quietly had a very good year last year. I actually. I I like him. He's kind of good at everything for being a good big guy, huh? Yeah, I agree. Kind of a jack of all trades. He can shoot a little super Mm -hmm. athletic around the rim. They actually played him at small forward, and I think he's got some pretty good defensive chops, too. He can move his feet pretty well and guard three positions, in my opinion. I'd be very interested to see what Larry Nance looked like on a better team, just because I feel like he's Who's he on before? He was on the Lakers, but that was back when the Lakers sucked, so... Mm -hmm. He's never really played on in that competitive 
Um, well, aside from, I guess, I think he was on Cleveland for some of the championship years, but he wasn't like a main cog of that team the way he's a main part of this current Cavaliers team. So yeah. I'd be interested to see current Larry Nance Jr. in sort of a more high leverage situation. 100%. Dude, yeah, Andre Drummond, can you talk about him for a little bit? Because he was, for the 76ers, he was one of the better centers in the league, huh? You mean for the Pistons? Or, or power. I mean, yeah, for when he when he was on the Pistons, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I just got not, him. I always like got him and little, Joel Embiid. Did I say the 76ers? Yeah, I'm a little yeah. distracted tonight. But um, yeah, he definitely was. And the game is sort of moving away from that traditional drop coverage center, just dunk it and get rebounds. Um, mm-hmm. So he's kind of a dinosaur in that regard. He still brings some useful tools to the table in terms of rebounding and rim protection, but just not as dynamic offensively mm-hmm. and defensively as sort of the new age of center that's currently in vogue. And so that's kind of the story with him. And he's getting paid 27 mil. Uh, tw- 29 mil. 29. Yeah. That's how much his player option is Damn. worth. Oh, so is I that guess. including like the 8% bonus or something? What's the uh, 8% trade bonus? What does that mean? Oh yeah. That's just, like um, some players have it worked into their contract that there's like a trade kicker. So if their team trades them, they get a raise. Oh, oh, so okay. sort, of, sort of like, um, sort of like some players have like a no trade clause. A trade kicker is just sort of like the next tier down mm-hmm. from a trade clause in terms of like locational security. But um, I sort of wanted to talk about the Cavaliers number five pick because yeah, I, I, think, I was just about to ask you, who do you think they're going to pick up? Yeah, I, I think as we've sort of gone through these teams, we've sort of been kind of formulating a bit of a rough draft of a mock draft. Like, mm-hmm. I know I suggested LaMelo Ball for the Wolves at number one. I suggested Wiseman to the Warriors at number two, Anthony Edwards to the Hornets at three. And then last time when we talked about the Bulls, I suggested they go for Tyrese Halliburton. And so at five, I think the Cavaliers will have an interest, an interesting selection of prospects available. I think there's a good chance that one of either Dini Avdia and Isaac Okoro will be available, mm-hmm. both of whom are forwards with good positional size. Which Where's is, Okoro from? Is he Auburn? Or? Yeah, yeah, Auburn. And wing forward is definitely the biggest need of this Cavalier team. I especially like Okoro. Because his main um, strengths come on the defensive end of the floor, which obviously we talked about the Cavaliers' shortcomings there. So I think Okoro could be a huge add for this Cavs team. He is the guy who I would pick. Avdia, I think they probably are going to like him quite a bit just because I feel like NBA teams see him as a very high upside play. And Mm -hmm. God knows the Cavaliers need guys with high upside. They don't seem to have like their star of the future yet so that's why i could see avdia being intriguing for him then mm-hmm. i tend to see avdia as a very overrated prospect i don't really see it with him yeah i think forwards with guard skills can sometimes be overrated especially in the case of avdia who doesn't really have a shot and i don't really think mm-hmm. he'll be able to guard um anybody in the nba so I'm a little lower on Avdia than I think most scouts are, but yeah. I like Okoro a lot for him. Yeah. When you, when, when the Knicks drafted Chris Stapps and 
the Mavs got obviously Luca. Were you kind of in the same boat, or did you kind of know about those guys and you thought they were going to pan out pretty well? Kristaps, I was a little bit back then. I was a little when I was a little bit younger. I really only have been paying attention to like the draft and stuff the past mm-hmm. few years. So Kristaps. Okay. Kristaps, I kind of didn't like him just because, like, that's what the mainstream media was sort of saying is that Kristaps was going to be a bust. So yeah. I remember not being too excited about that. Luca, I thought Luca was the best player in his draft class, so I okay. thought the Mavs got a real steal or a steal there at number three. Avdia, I don't like him at all. So he's a guard. Uh, he's a forward, six forward. nine guy from Israel. Oh, he's big. Okay. Yeah, very big. Um. And that's kind of the appeal with him, just uh, having a forward with good size who can be, in theory, an offensive initiator. But I just don't really see him yeah. um, as that guy. So. Dude, yeah. Looking at the Cavs roster, they I feel like they have a lot of good role players, but nobody to really build around. 100%. They haven't found their guy yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have good pieces because I, I like Larry Nant. What do you think of Tristan? Well, he's hitting free agency this year. Okay. I, I like him actually a little bit better than Andre Drummond. I think he brings some Oh, you like him better tools. than Andre? Yeah, I think he brings similar tools in terms of being one of the better rebounders in the league. I think he's a um I just think he's a bit less limited. He might not have not none of his skills are as elite as Drummond's skills as a rim protector mm-hmm. and rebounder, but I just think Tristan Thompson might just have a bit more versatility to his game that yep. makes him a little bit more compatible with the modern NBA. I think he would be a great fit on an actual competing team. The ones that come to mind immediately would be the Clippers and the Nuggets. I think he would fit in. He'd be a perfect Clipper. Yeah, I think he'd be a great fit on either of those teams. I think he's built up enough equity with this Cavaliers organization that they'll make him an offer from just a dollar's standpoint that will rival the money he'll be getting from those sort of competing teams. So Mm -hmm. he seems pretty comfortable here in Cleveland. So I could definitely see him as a guy who comes back to the Cavs next year. Yeah. And they've got my boy, Alfonso McKinney. Yes. Former warrior, Alfonso McKinney. Um, Mm -hmm. Hard to know. He was a part of our championship one of our yeah, championship teams right yep he started yeah yeah not, I, like not on, I guess i should rephrase that he didn't start on a championship team but he started for the warriors when they lost to the raptors right i believe so yeah 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 at least at least in the games kevin durant didn't play which was all but one of them so mm-hmm. yeah no, it's hard to know what his future holds i don't really think they like him he kind of was not that awesome this season and really yeah and the cavaliers i guess just had a training camp where they got to evaluate some of the younger guys. And I didn't really hear much about Alfonso McKinney, which dang. Yeah. And I, and there was a lot of positive stuff coming about out about like certain other young prospects, which just mm-hmm. makes it a little bit concerning. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Like they definitely have good guys there, but it's going to be interesting to see. I feel like, because do you think if they draft a Coro, is he going to be an immediate impact? You know what I mean? Because I feel like outside of the top three guys in the NBA draft, you might, it might be, I don't know. I think a Coro would make an immediate You think impact. so? Yeah. He'd be their best defender from day one. And they don't really have a small forward. Like right now, they've kind of patched it together with Chetty Osman and Larry Nance and have and Kevin Porter Jr. and having those guys 
kind of slide across the wing and forward spots. Mm -hmm. And so I think Isaac Okora would immediately be one of, if not the best forward slash wing on their roster. So I think he'd be a, I think he'd make a big impact on this Cavaliers team. Oh, shoot. I think it says at the bottom, Alfonso McKinney waved. Did they wave him? They could have. Under dead salary, under J.R. Smith. I think they waived him. That's tough. It would make sense if they didn't talk about him in their training camp if they waived him, yeah. Yeah, I don't know when the guarantee date on his contract was. I don't I don't think they waived him, at least not from what well, I just That's just what it says right there. Really? Are you on basketball reference? No, I'm on the little chart you sent me. You see dead salary under J.R. Smith? It's It's near the bottom of the page. It's below the draft picks. No, I don't. You don't see it? It's in the thing you sent me on uh, over text in the Cavalier spreadsheet of all the. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, I didn't hear that. That must have been very recent, like today or yesterday, if they were. Oh, dang. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, Hold yeah, I guess, I guess that just kind of reaffirms <laughs> my guess that it wasn't a part of their long-term plans. I thought they'd at, <laughs> yeah. I thought they'd at least wait until training camps to leave him. So yeah. did they just hold their thing in Cleveland or what do they because weren't some teams doing some stuff at the bubble? Yeah, I think they just held theirs in Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Who's uh, Matt Mooney? Uh he's a guard, I think, who was a what is he I don't have the sheet in front of me. Is he like, was he a two-way guy for them last year? Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. I don't quite remember watching him so much in the NBA. I remember seeing some of his highlights from the G League. and mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't really know much about him. I don't know if he'll be back. I He's, again, like I haven't really heard too much about him one way or the other. So for those guys, especially on two ways, it kind of really, I don't know, could go either way. Is there any guys that... Um, do they have enough space to maybe pick somebody up in the future? You mean like this off season? Maybe not this off season because it didn't really. I feel like you would have mentioned it if they were going to. Oh, yeah, maybe sure, in the future. Maybe in the future. Yeah. So next, because it doesn't off, seem too bright for the Cavs. It definitely isn't. Next off season, once Drummond, Drummond's money comes off the books, and that's going to be kind of where they can start to maybe make some moves with cap space, especially mm-hmm. depending on what they do this off season. But like, there are going to be a lot of teams with cap space in the summer of 2021 in Cleveland. You've got to imagine will be like towards the end of that list in terms of desirability to free agents. So who's locked up for the long term there and who should they lock up for the long term? If they, c- yeah. So the young guys like Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Dylan Windler, Kevin Porter, Jr., those are sort of guys who are under a lot of team control for better or for worse. Kevin Love, he's still a guy who'll be around for three more years. Okay. So those are kind of the key pieces to their franchise. What what I was about hoping, Larry. What about Larry? Yeah. Um, is he around? Yeah, I think he might have three more years left on his Okay. Contract. So he's definitely part of the long term ish. Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, I'd love to see him get traded to a different team, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it seems like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. What Did you say a potential fit? 
I think any I think he could work well on any team just because like everybody needs guys who can mm-hmm. defend wings, I guess, especially like the Blazers. I think he could be a good fit on the Blazers. The Suns are another one. I think he'd be a very interesting fit on Phoenix, especially since Phoenix is, seems ready to compete. I think Denver could be a good fit too. Um, yeah. So yeah. the Suns, they've got, they've got Aiton, Booker. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the other guys? Uh, Mikhail <laughs> Bridges. Oh, a guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. A young guy who they like. Cam Johnson, their draft pick, had a great year. Ricky Rubio still has got a few mm-hmm. years on his deal, but I think point guard is still an area they'll go after. Kelly mm-hmm. Oubre is a guy who I think people still really believe in his upside. Yeah, I, I that's a good team right there. I feel like Lance, I mean, yeah, Larry Nance, would he would feel, I think he'd be a good fit there. Yeah, and I think they're ready to start competing. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they made some sort of win now move. They I just showed really, out in the bubble. I don't really think too many teams are sort of have Larry Nance on their radar right now in terms of guys who they would like. But so you can get know. it for cheap, maybe? Oh, for sure. I, I think I am kind I think I kind of like him more than most teams do. I kind of wanted to talk about some guys who I think this Cavaliers team could sort of target in free agency. Okay, year. yeah. I um so just to go over their free agents, we've already talked about Drummond, who's gonna not be a free agent because of his player option. We talked about Tristan Thompson, who I wouldn't necessarily advocate for them bringing him back, but just because of like um the comfort the organization has with him, and he seems to be happy in Cleveland. I mm-hmm. think there's a good chance they will. Just in in addition to the kind of equity he built up by being on Cleveland's most successful teams. Matthew Delavadova set to hit free agency this year. He kind of falls into the Tristan Thompson camp, just a lot of equity built up in the organization. And I think he's happy there. I also don't really see any teams banging down the door for Matthew Delavadova. Yeah. But I think there's a good chance he stays in a Cavs uniform. Ante Zizic, he's a guy who, especially given the log jam the Cavs have at center right now, I think Ante is probably going to be on the first train or the first plane to Europe um, as soon as possible. I no future in the NBA for Ante? Uh, not at the moment, at least, I don't think. And then <laughs> Alfonso McKinney, Jordan Bell, and Dean Wade are all guys we've mentioned on non-guarantee. Apparently they've waived Alfonso McKinney, which was kind of a live reaction for me. I haven't heard that. So that's mm-hmm. interesting, kind of what I would have expected from them. I think they'll probably waive Jordan Bell as well. I'd probably keep Jordan Bell around. I kind of still am a believer in some of the tools Jordan Bell has. I think he has some character issues that haven't really been talked about. Cause I really he's yeah. Cause the, the warriors um, said that he was the warriors. like didn't say anything too incriminating, but you could definitely read the tea leaves and they definitely thought he was kind of immature if nothing else. And then the way he's kind of just bounced around the NBA. How so? Like, what have you heard about him? Because I've always assumed he's like a cool guy. Like um, there was a story about him like pranking the coaches in the hotel room where he somehow was able to like order a ton of room service to like one of the assistant coaches tab. And just he would just like for like for himself. No, just just to like be funny, just to order food for the coaches and stuff. But like they had to pay for it. But um, why? I, I don't know, but there have just been a bunch of, I don't know. I just feel like 
like again like i said like nothing that's like bad or anything but mm-hmm. just he might be kind of a jokester and still like act a little young and i think nba teams kind of don't like that and then he's kind of bounced around from like minnesota to houston now cleveland's picked him up i just i think he saw some untapped potential maybe a little bit of upside um but i feel just a like- little growing up to do yeah, and from what yeah. I've heard, I don't really think the Cavaliers have loved him so much in their workouts. Yeah, I, I feel like that's so true because a lot of these guys, unless you're an absolute superstar, some of these guys that come into the league so young, they're so mature. Like Zion. Oh, yeah. Yep. He's like pushed into the stardom as a little t- as a teenager, and he acts so above, like beyond his years, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Then for sure. Then Dean Wade is a guy I like on Cleveland a lot. And he played a lot of the year in the G League. He actually is a guy who I've watched a lot of film on him just because I've seen him in the NBA and I like his game a lot. He's six nine. He plays the power forward, but I think he's got some upside to where he can guard a lot of wings. He's got quick feet. Um and he's an explosive athlete too. Like he had some some great dunks mm-hmm. in the uh in the G league, some good help instincts. Like he would meet guys at the rim. I think he averaged a little bit on um, a little bit under like a block per 40 minutes in the G. Oh, wow. League. So, yeah. He's definitely a guy who I'm interested in a floor spacer too. I think Dean Wade's got a bit of a bright future. I definitely expect Cleveland to guarantee his contract to at least like give him one more year to kind of show him what he's made of. And so when you look at their roster, 10 they have 10 players now after they draft the number five pick you assume that they'll sign their second round pick to a contract so that's 11 and so that pretty much um that pretty much gives you up to four more spots to work with we already talked about thompson and delavadova potentially filling up those spots dean wade maybe filling up another one so really you're just looking at like one or two more guys to sort of round out your team at that point and you've got the full MLE. So I definitely think there are a few interesting guys the Cavs can target. And who are they? And some guys who can make an impact immediately. So the guys I wrote down for the Cavaliers in terms of tar- um, free agent targets are either A, young guys who have kind of burned out in the league, but the Cavs may be able to like resuscitate some value or like find a diamond in the rough. You know what I mean? or some guys who can immediately contribute on defense and sort of just ma- help the Cavs creep a little bit to respectability on that end. Mm-hmm. So the first guy I wrote down definitely falls into the second category of veteran. He'll be a good locker room pro- um, present and sort of um, increase their defensive viability. And that's Mo Harkless, former Blazer. Okay. Yeah. Just like the Cavs desperately needed wings, need they need other options besides Chetty Osman and Kevin Porter Jr. to guard um, forwards on the other team. So that's where Mo Harkless fits in. The next guy is Josh Jackson, burned out in Phoenix, burned out in Memphis, still very young, 22 years old. Obviously, has a lot burned of out. He's 22. When did he come to the league? Like when he was 19? Yeah. Holy and moly. And he's still only 22. So. That like and he's got great athleticism, good size. So oh, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? Maybe Cleveland could like revive his career. He had the big fro out of Kansas, huh? Yeah, Chris Dunn is a guy who I really like. Restricted free agent from Chicago, 
probably the best defensive player on the free agent market this year. Very limited offensively, but as sort of a guy who you could pair next to Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, I think he could make a lot of sense for them. He likes to push the pace too, which for this um, Cavaliers team that might be looking for a bit of a youth movement, I think Chris Dunn would be a good addition. Shaq Harrison, another good defensive guard from the Bulls. Pat Connaughton is a guy I like, played for the Bucks. Athletic, good defensive too. Couldn't hit a three-pointer, but I think that shouldn't be something that the Cavs are too worried about at this stage. Sterling Brown, small forward from the Bucks, just another young guy who I think will sort of be lost in the shuffle of this free agent cycle, especially I th- I'm pretty sure he's restricted. So the Cavs might be one of his only suitors, and I think he would make some sense for him. I like Dragon. Josh Jackson and Chris Dunn. You think that would be smart? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because didn't those... you say they need wings? Yeah, desperately. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I mean, they're kind of looking for help at everything at this point, but wing is definitely their biggest area of need. Dragon Bender is a guy who I've pretty much lost hope in. But <laughs> just a guy who at one point seemed to have some upside, like maybe the Cavs could find something in him. And then the last guy is probably the most um, interesting in terms of just like best quality of player. And that's Wes Awundu from the Orlando Magic, just a three and D wing. I think he would be like an even better version of sort of, I don't know. I don't know where he's going with that. I just think like they, des- <laughs> they desperately need defense. And I think Wes Awundu could supply that. So he definitely fits into that mold I was talking about of sort of a defensive wing, somebody who could sort of like be a step up from Chetty Osman. So that's pretty much what I had to say about the Cavaliers. So, Again, like not a Dragon Bender. I don't even think he's in the league right now. He's on like Maccabi Tel Aviv, BC. Yeah, in the Euro League, and again, you can like sign players from the Euro League, though. So. No, no, yeah, but I didn't think I didn't know that he wasn't in like the NBA anymore. Yeah, I think I think he he's like a lot of guys. Um, well, not a lot of guys, but there have been a few players who have sort of had burned out in the NBA, and like while the NBA is on hiatus, have gone to Europe to kind of recoup some value or build their stock up by hopefully oh. playing well before the season started. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, I mean, under normal circumstances, you couldn't just because of like the overlap and stuff. But on these are kind of weird times we're living yeah. in. So sure. pretty boring offseason for the Cavaliers. Not only do they have the worst team, but they're also probably one of the most boring offseasons in the league, too, just because they don't have a lot of money. And I don't think many players will want to come play there. So just come. Yeah, small market team. Yeah, no, no players who seem ripe to be traded. So. Uh, the, oh, the one trade the one trade I did want to bring up. I thought this was pretty interesting. I thought of this earlier today. What about a Kevin Love for Al Horford swap? I think the 76ers would probably have to give a Mike Scott or Zaire Smith or a little bit more salary. I think Kevin Love could be a I big... I feel like that would benefit... Um, not... I feel like the... I don't know. Al Horford's really good. But yeah, I don't know. yeah, and again, like if you're Cleveland, you don't you don't care if Al Horford's worse than Kevin Love because you don't like, you're you're gonna suck anyway. Um, but <laughs> if Philly sends back like Sayer Smith and maybe some draft capital, like I think they'd I don't know what their 
situation is in terms of first they have available to trade, but throw in a few seconds. I think that could be, I think that could be worth it for Cleveland. And I think Kevin Love would be a great fit on the 76ers team. So that's definitely one I would look yeah. at. The 76ers love their shooters. Yeah. And they desperately need them right now. So, so the Pistons, let's just kind of breeze through the Pistons. I think they have some more interesting stuff to talk about than the Cavaliers, mostly just because they have about $30 million worth of cap space. I think a little bit under, assuming they obviously will pick up or will keep the cap hold for like um, Christian Wood. So they, they'll they have as almost, I think they'll have either the second or third most cap space in the NBA. So this is definitely a team that can spin more than pretty much any other NBA team this offseason. And they also have the number seven pick, which is what I'm going to start with. The number seven pick, I think the Pistons definitely need a point guard. And I think there are some good point guards in this draft class. I don't think that LaMelo Ball obviously will fall to number seven. No, not at all. But I do think one of either Killian Hayes or Tyrese Halliburton will fall to number seven. And I definitely think that's who they'll look at. Look at. I think there's a good chance Tyrese goes before just because he makes so much sense on like the Chicago Bulls at four or the Atlanta Hawks at six. But I think Killian Hayes is a guy who could definitely be around at seven and would be um, a big pickup for the Pistons. I like Killian Hayes as much as almost any point guard aside from LaMelo in this draft. So, Bro, I don't know... I couldn't have told you. Remember when we were doing the thing? Like, I only know Blake Griffin, Brandon Knight, Luke Kennard, and Derrick Rose. Yeah. Those yeah, are the only guys I know. Maybe Lanks. I actually know Lanks and Galloway. Yeah, but definitely, like, not a roster filled with household names. No. So, I guess with the number seven pick, I would take Killian Hayes. Well, I wouldn't take Killian Hayes. I think they're going to take Killian Hayes. And maybe I'd take Maybe I would take Killian Hayes. A guy who I really like in this draft, though, and I know I've talked about him a lot on the show, is Tyrell Terry, who's the point guard out of Stanford. <laughs> I, I haven't finished my draft prep yet, but from my early results, I kind of think, I kind of think Tyrell Terry might be able to sort of rival Killian Hayes. I like Tyrell's game a lot, but I like Killian's game a lot too. And Killian's one of the youngest players in the draft, so. Is I think Tyrell projected first rounder. Oh yeah. Yep. He's, he's really risen up draft boards in the past few weeks. I was kind of ahead of the curve in terms of, yeah, you were, we were talking about this summer with Anders and stuff. Yeah. I was, I was a big Tyrell fan from the beginning, but he's starting to get some of the respect I think he deserves. So that's good to see. I do think the Pistons are going to end up taking Killian Hayes though. From he, he is he, he's foreign, right? Yeah, he's from, I think he's from France, but he might have played in the, but yeah, he's from France, but he played in the German league. So the Bundes. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's from France. Yeah. But he was born in Florida. Yep. Florida. I think his dad might've been an NBA player. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. And so in terms of free agents, the Pistons have a lot of them. I'm just going to kind of do a quick hitter on each one of them. Like feel free to interrupt if one of the, names sort of catches your interest but i'm just going to read through them quickly i think a lot of these guys will not be coming back and so yeah brandon knight he has a big cap hold which for sure will be renounced and he will not be 
returning to the Pistons next year in all likelihood. Tony Snell, a $12 million player option. He's going to pick that up. So Tony Snell is a guy who's going to be in Detroit again. John Henson, I don't think they bring back his cap hold. Maybe they bring him back, but I kind of doubt it. Um, mm-hmm. He was he was the guy who got thrown in in the uh, Andre Drummond trade from Cleveland, and he did have some good games in a Pistons uniform. I didn't really watch. I didn't watch a lot of the eight games he played in, but I looked at his stats before we did the show, and it looked like he was at least decently productive in Detroit. So maybe they give him another chance on a minimum deal. That one I'm not really sure about. Langston Galloway. I like Langston's game a lot. I think Detroit would love to have him back. I think he's popular and has built up some equity in the organization. My only thing about Langston Galloway is I actually think a lot of teams could be helped by having Galloway on their team. So I think he might have some more interesting offers on the table than Detroit, but I think Detroit would probably love to have him back. Yeah. He's, he looks good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thon, and he's a great shooter. Like obviously shooting is a skill that NBA teams love to have. Thon Maker as a restricted free agent. I think we've seen the last of him in Detroit. I don't really I don't really know what Thon's future is gonna be, but um yeah, I don't really see him coming back. Jordan McCray is a guy who's interesting. I don't think the Pistons like him from what I've heard. Like the reporting is that he's not coming back. I think He's a guy who I see some potential in, has sort of like an off-the-bench score. Mm. He's kind of funny. I've never seen a guy like bounce around the league as much as he has because I'd never even heard of him before this year. And then he started playing really well on Washington. And then I think he might have gotten traded from Washington to like Minnesota to Denver, got cut. And then ended up Jeez. on the Pistons. Like, I'm not sure what the exact sequence of events was, but he's been on like four teams in the past year. Holy crap. And he finally ended up on the Pistons. And uh, I don't think he's going to be back in Detroit next year, but I do think he might have some staying power in the NBA just because he's one of those guys. Like, uh, obviously, he's nowhere near this level of player, but he's just like a Lou Williams in terms of a guy who can come off the bench and create shots for himself. Mm hmm. Christian Wood is a guy who I'm going to spend a little bit more time on in a couple of minutes. He had a breakout season this year with the Pistons, and I think he's one of the few players this year who will actually create a bidding war in free agency. So he's an interesting guy. Kyrie Thomas is on a non-guarantee contract worth $1.6 million. I fully expect them to pick that up. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential as sort of a 3 and D player. Svi Mikhaik. Another guy who I don't think he's non-guaranteed. I think he has an early termination option. Um, and his contract is worth $1.6 million. I obviously expect him to be back next year. He was a crucial part of their team this year. A sharpshooter, um, played heavy minutes in their rotation. $1.6 million is an absolute steal for him. So he's going to be back in Detroit next year. And then... There are two two-way guys, Lewis King and Jordan Bone. Callan, you'll remember the name Lewis King, right? From the uh, University of Oregon. Yeah, dude, wait. Let me look him up. Let me look him up. I, I definitely remember this. Yeah. I, I was going to say, he he sounded familiar. Yeah, this was his rookie year. He pretty Oh, much yeah, played. yeah. Lou King. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. He yeah. pretty much played the entire time in the G League, but he had some good moments, flashed some potential. I think Shoot, yeah, bro. I was like... 
I know exactly who that is. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, and he's I think a good shooter. Yeah, and I think they'll give him a shot. I think he's got some potential. He, I think maybe not, maybe not a guaranteed contract, but at least another two way seems likely for Lewis King. And then Jordan Bone, who's a young point guard. I actually think he is a guy who they will sign to a guaranteed contract. I'm not sure about the number of years or the amount of money, but the Pistons seem to love him and they desperately need point guards. He's a guy who can push the pace a lot and sort of get to the rim, um, which is a valuable skill for like teams who are in the situation of Detroit where they sort of have trouble creating efficient offense just because transition buckets are so easy. So Jordan Bone is definitely a guy I look at as somebody who will um, be a priority for the Pistons this offseason. Bro, yeah, that's so sick. Lou King is awesome. Yeah. Because he was in that big uh, recruiting class with uh, Bull Bull, huh? Yes. And he went undrafted, but the Pistons picked him up and he had a Wait, how come? Is it just because... Just whatever uh, reason. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I didn't really scout him before the draft, but the uh, I did, I did watch his film in the G League this year though, and it looked promising, and I've heard good things about him. So there I was think. one, there was a video on YouTube that I watched of him. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty, I'm almost positive it was him. And they were doing drills where they're rotating guys in and out. They were just playing one v one and like first shot wins or whatever. And he was just, he made. I forget how many consecutive shots he made in a row, but they would just check it up and then he hit a three and then the next guy came in. They did the same thing. He just kept hitting threes and yeah. they just kept rotating in and out. He was destroying these guys. Because he's he's six nine athletic and can shoot. So that, yeah, like, that's, sounds, that sounds like a recipe for success. hundred percent, so. dude. Yeah, he's a beast. The uh, targets I add for them in free agency, obviously number one is retaining Christian Wood. I think they'll do this. I think um I think he as because players, especially guys like Christian Wood, who have sort of had a rough start to their NBA career, those sort of guys tend to show loyalty to the teams that allowed them to sort of break out and take the next step. So I think Christian Wood and Detroit will be very like mutually interested in each other. I could see a deal that's like three years. $35 million, like somewhere around there, somewhere between 10 and $15 million per year over the span of two or three years. Um, that seems realistic f- for me in terms of like what could happen since Charlotte and New York are both rumored to be interested in what as well. This price could go way overboard. Like it could be up to almost like nearly $20 million, like realistically. And at that point, if I'm Detroit, I probably step away. I well, I probably step away, but what I think I think they'll be very motivated to bring him back. So I think Christian Wood is definitely a guy who could end up being overpaid this offseason. But I definitely think he's a guy who also he's Detroit a good player. Will, yeah, Detroit will try to bring him back. Dang, yeah, he's uh, good. Yeah, we already talked about Jordan Bone. I definitely think he'll be a priority. They're the guy who's kind of caught or who's kind of like the biggest fish this offseason, who every team with cap space aside from maybe the Hornets and maybe the Hawks, every team will be interested in this guy. Mm-hmm. That is Fred Manbleet of the Toronto Raptors. Yes. Um, just to keep it short and sweet, I don't think Fred wants to come to Detroit. I no. think he'll get similar offers monetarily from New York, Phoenix maybe, and obviously Toronto. And I think all three of those places seem more appealing than Detroit. So 
I don't think the interest there will be I can, mutual. For some reason, I could see him as a Nick. Yeah, I mean, you I could just I can just pick picture him in the in Nick's uniform. I don't yeah, know why, because like the city of point guards. So maybe it, the thing for me is that it was so hard coming up with free agents for um these two teams. Yeah, especially for Detroit, because obviously the Cavaliers, like my main thing was just guys who can play defense or you like young guys with potential because like really like they're not competing like because for the Blazers, you can look at them and say, well, they're a great team, but they have no wing defense and they don't quite have enough shooting around Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. So they're just pinpoint those two specific weaknesses with the Cavaliers and Pistons, like everything's a weakness. And so yeah. it's kind of hard in that sense. So <laughs> the main thing for me is just kind of trying to find young guys with potential, which yeah. is what I did for the Cavs. Um, for the Pistons, the last guy I'm very interested in is Jakob Pertl, who was on the Spurs okay. this year, uh, kind of traditional center rim protector. I think he could be like the perfect sort of being to uh, Christian Woods Yang, kind of um, more of a, a traditional rim runner um, pick and roll center, whereas Wood can definitely space the floor. I think maybe like seven or eight million dollars a year sounds fair for Christian or for Jakob Pertl. I definitely think Jakob might get that from a few other teams, including the Spurs. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely a guy who I would look at at least a little bit. Those were the four main guys I had for for Detroit. They have a lot of cap space though, so really like nobody's off the table for them. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. If I had to guess, I would just say they'd go after retaining Christian Wood. Yep. And then from there you're down to probably like 12 or 13 mil who you can split around like maybe Langston Galloway bringing back Jordan Bone. And then I, I don't know, maybe like a few of those guys I talked about, like a Jakob Pertle who could kind of just fill up some minutes for him. But I just don't really see that. I don't know what direction they're going in. Cause on one hand, you've got Derek Rose, Blake Griffin, who are two sort of older guys who are ready to win now. And if they both stay healthy and play to their potential, like this Detroit team could definitely challenge for the eighth seed in the East. Okay. But if Blake Griffin gets hurt again, maybe they move on from Derek Rose all of a sudden this is probably one of the worst teams in the NBA. So I just, I definitely think they should look to bottom out and sort of, I know it's kind of cliche to say rebuild in the modern NBA, but I definitely think that's the direction the Pistons should be headed in. But I just don't really know if their management agrees with me. Yeah. I don't know. They just, yeah, it's, it's just so tough because no one, there's not a lot of guys that are itching to go to either Detroit or Cleveland unless yeah. they're winning. Uh, yeah, at least Detroit has more money than most teams. But Right, that's good. For so sure. The, what I wanted to finish with was just three trades, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on each of them. Okay. One of, the last one involves the Warriors. So okay. The first one I had was Derek Rose to the Clippers for Rodney Magruder and a couple second-round picks. I mean, probably sounds good because you could get some good talent, if you, especially if you're trying to rebuild. 100 percent that's what i thought and Derek, what is with some second round picks you know what i mean oh, yeah. but also i mean i'm sure De- i mean Derek rose did he he had a pretty decent year last year right yeah and the piss and um the pistons like he's not going to come back to them so it seems like if they want to get any value for him it would be smart to 
yeah, yeah. try to get it for him now for yes. sure yeah 100 then the second trade i had was derrick rose to the lakers for avery bradley and either alex caruso or Taylor horton tucker uh, yeah yeah because is are do the pistons they need shooting yeah, they're they kind of need everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I could. Yeah, I mean, I think that probably moving Derrick Rose and trying to get as much talent as possible for him could be the move. Yeah, and just like looking to more future assets. The last one I had was one that involved the Warriors, and I don't know if I'd do this if I were the Warriors, but it was Blake Griffin for. Andrew Wiggins and Kavon Looney and some sort of draft okay. pick. And a draft pick? Yeah. So we would send a draft pick, Kevon and Wiggins for Blake? Yeah. That's kind of enticing. But at the same time, Blake's health is in question, so you don't want to get nothing out of that trade. Yeah. And the one thing I thought with this, too – was like Andrew Wiggins, I think, makes a lot of sense on the Warriors. And I don't really right. I don't really know what Blake Griffin's role would be on the Warriors. Yeah, I, I agree. And um yeah, I, I really like Andrew Wiggins. I don't think they should deal him away. If they do, I want somebody in return that could at least replace what he does. And who knows what Blake how he'll how that puzzle piece will fit in. Cause I don't know. He's good, but he's not a long term kind of guy especially given the nature of the warriors long-term um their long-term like salary cap sheet i just don't really think the like the obviously the reasoning could be like andrew wiggins his contract goes out for a few more years and blake griffin's contract is expiring mm-hmm. so you're saving money in the future but given the nature of the warriors cap sheet and who they owe money to and how long that money goes to they're not really going to have cap space in the next few years anyway so like having blake griffin's contract expire yeah. like it especially really, when they have to re-sign wiseman or something yeah it doesn't really open many doors for them so the opportunity cost of having wiggins salary in the books is not very high and so that's the main reason i would say no for the warriors it has been rumored like people well not really rumored but people want to see blake griffin get traded to the nets and kind of be the final piece on that team I just don't really think that makes sense at all. I don't, especially defensively. I hate Blake Griffin's fit on the Nets because, like, who's guarding small forwards? Because presumably you're going to play him with Kevin Durant and with either Jared Allen or DeAndre Jordan. So I just feel like that's a lot of size and a lot of like immobility, especially Kevin Durant coming off the injury. I don't really see how that fit makes sense. People have tried to trade him to Phoenix. I don't really. Th- think that i don't i think phoenix is ready to win but i think that would be a little brash for my taste Mm -hmm. because you probably wouldn't get blake for cheap huh no i think you i think you probably could you think so yeah just because he's an expiring contract with a lot of injury concern how old is he um i think he's like i think he's in his early 30s but i'll have to look it up yeah dude he's like 30 oh he's 31 yeah that's not bad yeah but but same 31, and he's been injured a million times in his career mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah 
the Pistons, they'll probably probably going to take a couple years for them to get good. But I mean, if yeah. things go in the right directions, like you, like you say, and then if they is healthy, the they could potentially challenge for the eight seed. Which, how much is that really worth in the grand scheme of things? Right, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's especially, what, mm-hmm. especially with no fans in the stadiums, it's not like you're selling playoff tickets. So, really, what's the value? Facts, that? dude. That is true. You don't yeah. even think about something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that teams like the Cavs, I think the Cavs, who do you think, what's out of the two teams? I've, I think the Cavs are probably in a better spot. Um, that's a you good question. So? Uh, it's hard. It's hard to say. Let um, me look at their rosters one more time. Yeah. The Cavaliers definitely have more like young players, but I'm not really high on any of their young players aside from Dylan Windler mm-hmm. and Kevin Porter jr. But you and like the, Christian Wood on the um, Pistons. Yeah. And the Pistons have uh, the Pistons have all the cap space and they've got Derek Rose and Blake Griffin, who in theory they could, um, get assets for and the last guy I forgot to talk about is Luke Kennard who they have they can negotiate an extension with him this offseason I just think that's going to be a little bit tricky given that Luke Kennard a, was injured for most of this year and he, when he was healthy he didn't really figure as a big part in Dwayne Casey's system I think Dwayne Casey kind of underrates Luke Kennard I think Luke Kennard should be taking a lot more shots specifically three-pointers but that just Hasn't really been the case. I don't really think Kennard and the Pistons see eye to eye. So I think, A, I don't think Kennard's going to sign an extension this summer. And I think he could be on his way out the door in 2021 if things don't change. Yeah, it's kind of give and take because... Well, not out the door because he'll be a restricted free agent. But mm. I definitely think both of them could be in a situation where it makes yeah. sense to move on from one another. Yeah, it's interesting because the Cavaliers, I think, just based on looking at their roster, they're in a better position players-wise. But financially, yeah, they, have they have more restrictions. But the Pistons, on the other hand, might be less talented roster-wise. But they have more flexibility with 100% players they can sign in their cap space. So. Yeah. I personally would rather have be more financially free, I think. Yeah, especially when you're looking to sort of retool and build a new team. Mm-hmm. Especially when the NBA is, I don't I mean, they're, uh, I feel like it's kind of different in the sense, like at least different from the NFL where you can, you, you might have to re-sign a draft pick for a lot of money soon rather than be like on a rookie contract like in the NFL. Absolutely. Yeah, the rookie contract only lasts four years, so you definitely have a limited amount of time to make things happen. Mm -hmm. True. But, yeah. So, yeah, are you good to go? I mean, I feel like this was pretty good. We did it. Yeah, just kind of like these two teams like are Not a ton. Exciting. Yeah, not that exciting. So, we kind of just had to take our medicine and get them out of the way. So, hopefully, we'll pick – I'll pick two – teams that have slightly more um yeah do you have any ideas or do you just want to yeah maybe just... next time the hawks are fascinating <laughs> all right yeah talk about right. atlanta and then maybe we'll talk about their southeastern counterparts the miami heat that could be good sweet yeah that sounds awesome hawks and heat all right all cool right. sounds good all right thank you thank you goodbye bye bye